listening to the Uloft Podcast, presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others, while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. Do you see the video that's going around right now of some little girl getting attacked by a raccoon? Yes. Oh. And then her mom. <laughs> then her, okay. So I saw it. Uh, I think it's on the TikToks. Um, and I saw it on Fox News for some reason <laughs> this morning while I was at the gym. And uh, anyways, uh, this girl's walking home from school and this fat, like I'm talking the most Chonkers. chunky. Thick Freaking, boy. Yes, trash panda comes up and <laughs> bites like her leg. And she's like, yeah, like screaming her head off. Yeah, she her should mom go get the comes out there. Her mom comes out there and grabs the raccoon by the neck. <laughs> and it's hilarious because halfway through the video, she her mom has the raccoon. She's yelling at someone like across the street or something. And you can see the raccoon like making these funny noises and trying to like <laughs> grab her hand <laughs> off. He's like, <laughs> And then at the end of the video, she just freaking chunks the raccoon <laughs> into the oh man into the lawn. It is it's like at first terrifying, and then as it goes on, you're like, this <laughs> is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. There's a TikTok video that I saw that actually made me think of you. Um, oh, so there's this video of a goose <laughs> that's chasing a child, right? So the child runs to the I don't can remember if it's the mom or the dad, but the parent. The parent then picks up the child, but the goose is still chasing them. So the parent swings the child to hit the goose, <laughs> like smacks it with the kid's like flailing legs. And I was like, I could see you doing that oh with my Grayson you know, with a goose. He would love it too. Honestly, I've never uh, I've never used one of my children as, as a weapon. As a weapon. However, there was one time I did fight a goose for my kids. So I'm glad that, awesome. that reminded you of me. Yeah, uh, you I should try that in the future. Pick I literally a kid like up and I bulked up to a goose. Have you ever bulked up to a goose? It's pretty wild. I'm like, not. This drinking goose. No lie. We're feeding like uh we're feeding geese and ducks at this pond in Fort Worth. And they said uh, your food ain't good enough for <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, the geese were trying to steal the food from the ducks. Oh. And then I ran out and then the geese came after me and the kids. Uh and at this point we didn't have Grace and we just had uh Cannon and Kinley and they were like super young. Like I yeah. mean two and one or three and two, something like that. And this freaking mammoth of a geese of a goose comes up to me. <laughs> And is like trying to flail its wings at me. And I just yeah. like stood my ground. I was like, you don't want this goose. <laughs> you, you, I will grab your neck and chunk you. <laughs> you engaged in a dominance dispute with a goose? Yes. Have you, have you ever been face to face with a goose? I have. One time I got chased by a They're goose. They're hardcore, man. They are. They're, they will, f like, they don't care if they die. I got chased by a goose that was missing its top bill. Like oh, it got yeah. in a fight apparently with a, something else and it lost its top bill. So it's tongue, I don't know how it ate, but it's tongue <laughs> would just like hang out and dangle. This was at the Grove City Park. So oh, wow. if you ever go to Grove City and you go to the park with the geese, uh, well, I, I imagine that goose is dead by now, just by age, I don't if anything know, man. else. Um, if it survived with tenacious. a missing beast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this old war scorned goose with like a scar. <laughs> It was in a it was in a dominance dispute with a bear, and it won. <laughs> and it won. <laughs> hey, if you uh, if you're taking welcome time to the Ulaf podcast. Yeah, if you're taking time off for uh, Christmas vacation, don't run in with geese or raccoons. There you yeah, go. Yeah, they ain't 
Actually, raccoons apparently make great pets. Just <coughs> the rabid ones. Dude, don't. I would love a raccoon. I know they'd like, be great. I would. Uh, the raccoons look awesome. One of my favorite internet videos is the raccoon that gets the cotton candy, and raccoons will like oh, try to yeah. wash their food before they, you know, because they're polite. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tries to wash the ca- cotton candy, and it dissolves in the water, and it's like ah, uh, trying to scoop it. <laughs> no, up. no. <laughs> it's Honestly, adorable and sad the, at the my same favorite time. one right now <laughs> is the one I just posted to. Uh, oh yeah. United. Of it coming out of the garbage can like it's been through. How some dare things. you disturb my slumber? <laughs> okay, Michael, uh, what are we going to talk about well, today? That's, that's a that's a really hard act to follow. You know, Do your last... other podcasts have as interesting of intros as ours? I don't think so. Nowhere near. No, no. This one... You know how his intro? We need go... to intro Hello, all your is, other podcasts. This is Michael Bond, and I am here with my guest today, and we are going to discuss something else in the church. Can you imagine? That's, all, like, that's yeah. his intro right Pastor there. Pastor Mel talking it's about all this stuff. substantive. Oh, my gosh. It's to the point. It's last educational. Time, last time we talked about time travel. I yeah, almost I broke that. Michael's brain. It was fun. Yeah, we, we talked about time travel and physics in such a way that if there were any physics students at all listening to the podcast, they would have pulled their hair out. I'll have to send it to my brother. He's a physicist. Uh, speak for yourself, sir. That was definitely like he's my the, go-to the most, for like physics knowledge. Most uh, evening in the garage conversation <laughs> no, about physics not. that I've ever no. had. <laughs> okay, but it was true. Not to get into it too much, but you can technically time travel by twenty-four hours. That's ask your brother Isaac if you're listening. Can you time travel by twenty-four hours? I'll, yeah. s- I'll send last week's to him, and we'll see. Yes. Yeah. That's a good uh, idea. Okay, so here's his master. So I think you'd know what he's talking. He from, can tell from us. an Ivy League. No, at that. So oh, he well, probably knows. Yeah, he will confirm that I'm correct. That's a special kind of intelligence to be able to do physics at an Ivy League yeah. university, dude. I was at a granted he was. I mean, not to roast him, but like he was not the smartest at the Ivy League by any stretch. I mean, still, yeah, but though. still, <laughs> like, like I just said, I was at a Division three Methodist small school of like two thousand people, and I failed out of physics. <laughs> Why is it <laughs> physics is hard, man? It Why? is. It's so yeah, hard. most like ninety nine percent of the world can't do physics. So. Why is it that some people have an aptitude toward things like physics and some people don't? Because they don't have friends. No, I'm kidding. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just I wanted mean, to roast my brother. That might be a useful common denominator when it comes to studying <laughs> physics. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, God just gives them a brain for that kind of stuff. Well, your right really brain or left brain, and there's an. Is int- that what it is? I've, I would I've heard assume that colloquially. I would assume I that fi- that physics or any kind of science. Physics has the same brain as music. Yeah, so, so it's, it's Albert more Einstein creative, yeah. was a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he was an exceptional violinist. Like he actually almost decided to go the violin track and play for like orchestra. So that would be like right-brained. That. Yeah. Okay, so like, yeah. so then it, it seems to Proficient be the case. was the word that mm-hmm. I couldn't come up with. Anecdotally, most of the people I've met who've been good at math and things like that have been terrible linguists. So, like, that must be a separate structure Terrible is well. a strong <laughs> word, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I do not consider myself a but terrible linguist. I think linguist. people who like <laughs> physics, like math, uh, just have a proclivity for kind of, they just want to ask why to literally everything. Yeah, um, like that. That is so, very much like. Yeah. Why does the world operate in this manner? Whereas, like, I don't care. If, like, it works. I don't care to I, understand the depths of that. Yes, I agree. I think it's also the case that linguistic people have that same compunction sometimes, and they become philosophers. 
Like it's Maybe. just it's just the same. It's just it's a different. You just outed yourself as a linguistic person by using the compunction. I, mean, I don't, actually don't even know if I use that right. That was <laughs> one of those words that like you're right. I, I don't just, know. <laughs> let's find out. We, yeah, we could compunction. That might have been the first time I heard it, but see, what's the definition? Because of compunction. I, this is going to be embarrassing. A feeling of guilt or moral scruple that prevents or follows the doing of something bad. No, 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 well, I misused you. You're it. wrong. So you must be uh, into physics then, Mr. Horrible Linguist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that either, so I'm just dumb. <laughs> That's what happens whenever you don't go either way. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, we should talk about our topic today. Yeah, we're eight. This, this is an eight minute intro. Of, That's fine. Uh, yeah. It was right. an interesting eight minute intro. Yeah. Yeah. If you were not entertained by that eight minutes, then what is wrong, honestly? That's right. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about what to do over Christmas break. The people listening to this, a lot of them probably go to university. And so by the time this comes out, they will be either on break or about to go on break. And, and even if you listen to this and you're not in a school, things you should be doing over the Christmas period, right. Advent season. Yeah. So even like, if you go to, if you're a working adult. You know, well, and also, I mean, too. most adults, like, they're they're chilling at this point. Like... Honestly, December is the senioritis month of adulthood. So why don't we like, start there? Just like, why does that happen? Why is it that we become, why is it that we kind of give up on our life up until <laughs> January? <laughs> when we get to December, we're like, oh, it's all over now. So <laughs> I think, I think honestly, it's because you're looking forward to the start of something new so much that you forget to finish what's in the present. But so like, is it really the start of something new though? Well, if no, it's, it's, it's a continuity it's, of who it's you. It's not. It's not, and that's actually what we talked about last year. Like last year at this time, we talked about like New Year's resolutions and how like you know that, those yeah. kind of can fail, and the reason why they fail is because you think it's a new start when really it's just a continuation. But the problem is that most people look to January as being a fresh start. So like, say you have a project that you've been working on all year, or, you know, you've got something that's going on at your job or whatever. Um, and you know, you have at least four days off for Christmas, and then you're going to get maybe two days off for new year's. You're like, eh, this could probably wait. <laughs> like this yeah. could probably wait to the end. Or like you have a fitness goal or you have a reading goal, or you have just a, uh, you know, a human goal that you're like trying to get better. And you're like, well, you know what I could do is I could just go all out for December and like really chill on this goal. And then you know what? January 2nd, we're Hit making it running, yeah. Like I've worked in the fitness industry and in uh, pastoring long enough for people to, or for me to realize when people are trying to improve themselves, they will put it off always until like a monumental January moment. 4th. Yeah, like I want, I want a specific date that I can look at and say, this is the day I'm going to start. But that date's not today. Like, we're going to put that off for a little yeah. longer just to make sure that I can get what I want out of this. Um, and that might be being lazy. That might be uh, eating a bunch of food and just enjoying yourself and kind of being gluttonous in whatever way that might be, whether that be streaming or eating or drinking or whatever. Um, because you know that, uh, at least theoretically, there's a new start. Yeah, I've thought about that quite a bit, like why people put <coughs> things off to like why oh, I'll start my diet on Monday kind of thing or like mm -hmm. you know, start on a certain day rather than just starting the minute you think of it. Okay, I want to change my life. Boom, I'm going to change it right now and I can take advantage of the time between now and when I think I might, when I think I should start it. And I think that the reason is because, part of the reason is because as soon as you specify the goal, you also specify the conditions of your own failure. 
Like if you say on January 1st, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in the next six months. Well, then if you don't lose 30 pounds, you've failed. And if you, if you publicly declare, I think it's even harder for people when they publicly declare their goal, because then now everyone in their community knows the, the specifics of right. what would Which is what you're supposed to failure. That's how yeah, you, have you actually are more likely to do the goals. I will say this in defense of people who, because I, I actually don't think it's a bad thing that December becomes the month where people kind of just stop everything that they're doing until January. In fact, I think there's even biblical warrant for that. Um, and I think the reason is, is because there are seasons to do things, right? And there are seasons to work exceptionally hard. There are seasons to start things new. And even, you know, in the Hebrew tradition, you know, God purposely ordained seasons in which they would eat, drink, and be merry, essentially, right? And for us, that is the month of December. Um, I mean, even Jesus, you know, loosely talks about, like, you know, while the the groom is here and present, where it's a time to be celebrating, not a time to, you know, be working, not a time to be so like, don't worry about those things. And Christmas is a celebration of, you know, the coming of God. It's like we should stop and pause and spend more time with family because that's the other thing. It's like we think we're giving up, like we think we're stopping things, but we're actually probably starting the things we should have been doing all along spending time with family, getting together with friends, enjoying each other's company because people people are miserable and they're miserable because they don't do those things by and large. That's if you the do the rest that. of the that's, year. That's if you break correctly though. Yeah, right? you should like, be doing that. Like most of the time I think what happens is that um, and I know this from a personal aspect, whether it be uh, in job or even when I was in college, like you go so hard for so long that when you have your break you completely check out. Yeah. And it's not about hanging out with, you know, family or friends. It's not about like reflecting just, on the I year. I need to sleep. Yeah. It's not about reflecting on the year. It's not about, uh, you know, making plans for next year. It's not about uh, kind of recentering, you know, yourself. Yeah. It's more like, okay, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to party with old friends from high school. And I may or may not get around to my family, but uh, I know that I'm at least gonna have good food and yep. that's about it. Like, yep. you know, there's not really, there, I agree with you that there should be a reset. Yeah, 100% I, I there think should be. December is a great month to be like, and if we're talking about seasons of life, January should be a month where you're working exceptionally hard because you're starting the new work year for most people, right? Um, but December should be a time of like, you know, we used to do this, uh, so I just saw it was actually a meme. It was really funny. It's like, why do every other mammal, like once fall hits, they start working down um, and gearing for hibernation and just, you know, not doing as much. And we're the only mammal that it's like when you start to gear down during that month, we call it seasonal depression. It's like maybe we're just wired to be that way. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when the harvest happens a long time ago, when it's like you didn't work 24 seven, 365, you worked based on you know, weather and temperature and stuff like that. It's like the harvest came in and if you were a farmer and everyone was a farmer, it's like you couldn't do much for the rest of the, it's like you relaxed and enjoyed what God had provided for you. And that's what December should be. I mean, from November on, that's what it should be about. Like you're enjoying Thanksgiving. God, thank you for all the things that should start the season of rejoicing and, and resting, um, and, and Sabbath, um, and, that, and that's something else to remember. It's like, you know, who's the Lord of the Sabbath? Jesus is. 
And this entire month is a Sabbath month, mm -hmm. right? It's like, it's the time where God is present and we're, I mean, God's present all the time, but it's that time where we are anticipating, that's what Advent means, the presence of God showing up on Christmas day, right? And so it's like, we need to spend our time in the ways that God would want us to spend our time. And that is enjoying the goodness of God, the things we're thankful for, family and friends, eating good food. Jesus seemed to like good foods. We should do those things too, you know? Eat, drink, and be merry, as they say. So two questions out of this. First is, most of us would agree that a person who doesn't work or who refuses to work or who is lazy, that that person's laziness or their refusal to work, that would show deleterious effects on them as a person. Like it would, it would show negative effects and we could see those effects. And most of us would, would agree that that's true. Correct. So do you also think it's the case that if a person doesn't practice these other seasons, that it's going to show negative effects on them. And why is it that it seems like those negative effects aren't as obvious maybe? Like what I mean is, I don't think that people would, I don't think people think of skipping a holiday season or working through a holiday season. I think that there are some American types who, and I say American types because I'm We're like just, the only I'm culture just that saying does this. that America is like the tip of the spear of industry and all this. Right. Uh, there are some people who would applaud that, applaud a person who's noble enough to work on Christmas Day or to work on Thanksgiving or to work to to provide, etc. Like through the holiday season. Um, so at the very minimum, it seems like the negative effects of skipping the seasons of rest and the seasons of celebration, they don't seem as obvious as the negative effects of skipping work. But just because they're not as obvious, that doesn't mean that they're not there, right? Well, and I think part of the reason they're not as obvious. So skipping work results in very obvious consequences. You lose your job. You don't have money. Those are obvious to the rest of the society, right? Because it's like now you're poor, broke, and you're losing your house, right? People can see that. The results of not taking the rest, not enjoying the seasons as they come are generally mental, emotional, and relational. And those are not obvious, right? So if you're not spending time with your family because you're overworking, the outside world might not see it, but I guarantee you, your family sees it, right? If you're working all the time um, and you're spending no time in rest, people don't necessarily see your mental cognition or your mental health or emotional health um, unless you lash out in negative ways um, because of that you can go unnoticed in those things. So I, that's why I think by and large, we don't care as much because it goes unnoticed. When in reality, I would say those have just as much negative impact as someone losing their job, essentially, right? Um, yeah, like what are some... In fact, pastors are actually really good examples of this because um, by and large, uh, pastors often put their churches before their families um, and then their families resent them for it. Um, and it takes a, a, a lot of hard work and practice and communication with your spouses to say like, hey, these are the seasons in which I'm going to be busy. These are the seasons in which I'm going to be less busy. Christmas is actually really hard for pastors because it's like we want to be spending time with our family, but that's actually one of the busiest times of the year. Whereas January becomes one of the not as busy times yeah. of the year for us, but it's busy for everybody else. Yeah, January... I'm straight chilling. Yeah, same. Like, I don't same. do anything until the first United. Like I'm yeah. just doing nothing. <laughs> but but like you know, our our my wife is working exceedingly hard at the beginning of the yeah. year because everyone's trying to you know for things for her work. So it's like, man, we're we're on opposite schedules as pastors a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But we we can sometimes 
work so hard during Christmas because it's, you know, that's the season we should be working hard and then continue to work hard throughout the rest of the year. And it's like, no, no, you need to take seasons of break. What are some of the bad effects that skipping those seasons of celebration and rest can have on your work itself? Like the way you work. So, well, I mean, I want to take this to work and to what you're doing in school. So like what you're doing in school is your work. Like that is what you have been tasked to do. That is your occupation. You are a student. Um, I think when you don't take times of rest, and this is speaking from uh, experience because I am um, notorious for not ever resting. Like I want to go, go, go 100 miles an hour and never stop. Um, When you don't rest, uh, number one, it takes away... I think it takes away your gratitude. Honestly, oh, yeah. like you don't have any gratitude for anything. It's just like, cause you have to think I've got to work for the next thing. Mm-hmm. I got to work for the next moment. I got to work for the next achievement. I've got to work for um, whatever the next accomplishment. And instead of stopping and saying, wow, God, thanks for yeah. allowing that to go yeah. well. Instead of taking a moment and being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, look at look at all the things that has happened in this year. Look at year. what God did. Yeah, and that's a good time. I mean, December is a great time for that. Really, December 31st usually is when we look back at the year and be like, okay, what what did God do this year? We yeah. should, what, what happened this year? Um, so number one, I think it takes away gratitude. Um, number two, um, uh, just like Caleb had mentioned, as far as your spiritual, um, emotional, um, or your mental, emotional, and uh, relational, relational. I, yeah, you and know, spiritual. And, and throw spiritual in there as well. I think that health goes way down really, really fast. I mean, yeah. you can look at it, especially with uh, amongst young adults right now. The reason why the mental health crisis, uh, epidemic, um, anxiety, stress epidemic is so high is because there's never a time to shut off. You know, right. you, you go straight from school to work, then to, uh, whether it be social media or whether it be your side hustle or something like that, like you're having so much that you have to do and get done, right. um, that you never have an opportunity to just pause and relax and um, and look again back and yeah. see what God has done. And also like, even as someone who is very driven and who like, I personally could leave people in the dust and not care, uh, like on the flesh side of me, like right. I could just keep moving forward and be like, y'all better keep up. Um, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to take a moment, you've got to take moments to, uh, and I hate the way that I'm about to say this because it sounds so cheesy, but you have to take moments to enjoy the journey with other people. Mm. Um, and mm. man, I, I cannot believe I just said Hallmark. that. <laughs> Kendall, <laughs> Kendall, Kendall's celeb- his Christmas card is going to say, <laughs> enjoy the journey where's, with where's others. Where's Tanner when you need him? Oh my gosh, it's so gross that I said that, but it is true. <laughs> it's 100%. Clip that yeah, gonna, we are. Play I it know, so, as soon somewhere. as I said it, I was like, this is the one. We'll put soft music <laughs> behind it. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> you got to enjoy the journey with other people because relation we are made for relationship. And um, if we don't take time to slow down, um, if we don't take time to stop for a moment, then yep. we will sever every relationship that we have. Yep. And I'm speaking about all of these things from experience. Like there have been many times in my life, many seasons of my life where I am running too hard. I don't spend time with anybody. Uh, I use people as a means to an end. Like you need to do this for me so that it can get done so that we can move on. Um, yep. And I, and I miss the relationship aspect. I miss the gratitude aspect. I miss just the being able to be in silence. Um, and so I think those are the things that you're missing out on if you don't take these times of rest. Right. And and for the record, I think the object is resting well. And for both sides of the spectrum, whether you're way overworking and you need to pull back or you're uh, way underworking 
it's like actually rest can be a time if you're underworking to actually do more and it still be considered rest. And I think Christmas is actually a really good example and time to do this. So for example, if you're way overworking during Christmas, you need to pull back and just spend time with your family. That's a beautiful thing. Spend time with your friends. Um, and the Christmas season, the Advent season, especially in the church actually provides a lot of opportunities for this. And if you're way underworking and you should, and you're being kind of lazy, it's like, actually you should be expending yourself more in relationships and maybe not work specifically, but certainly you should be putting more effort and energy into fostering relationships, friendships, family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and so the what we want to help you all um, is whether you're working and you're actually probably going to take some vacation because everybody does around Christmas or you're a student, and you actually have off for the next couple of months. We want to help you rest well by giving you tips and tricks kind yeah, of the, what to do over this break period, whether it's a week, whether it's a month and a half, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Regardless of what side of the spectrum you fall on, because I was just thinking while you're talking like, well, some introverts want to just not be around anybody. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't want to work harder at relationships. Um, and some like extroverted introverts, which I would be, uh, like yeah, I'm, I'm fine around well, people, actually. but I also like my silence and solitude yep. and I don't want anybody around half the time. Um, however, uh, that doesn't matter. Like you, you're made for a relationship and you've got to kind of uh, force yourself into yeah. having a relationship. There are times that we should be uh, quiet, that we should be calm, that we should retreat from other people. Yep. But the majority of our time is supposed to be spent in relationship. Yep. And so if the majority of your time on your break is solitude, then there needs to be some evaluation of why is that the case? Yep. Um, because I know for me, when I want to be more confined to just myself, it's because I've worked too hard. Um, yeah. If, uh, you know, I, somebody who might be introverted or who might be, um, you know, less driven in a, in a work environment, um, I don't know specifically what, they, what their mindset might be, but it could possibly be that people just drain them. And yeah. they, you know, they've been working with people for the past 11 months and they just want to be away from people uh, for a little while. Like, well, it's okay for a little while, maybe a day. But yeah. like after that, man, you've got to take time to build the relationships that are closest to you. Yeah, which actually, uh, now that you mentioned it, so Advent Christmas, uh, which if I'm saying Advent, you don't know what that is. That In the church year, Advent is the, the four weeks leading up to Christmas um, that are like preparation time. But anyway, um, Within that season, this month that we find ourselves in, there's actually many seasons, or there should be. There should be seasons of you disconnecting in solitude, and there should be seasons of you reconnecting um, with people. And here's a fun fact. A lot of the Christmas hymns, um, which I know you don't like all of them, but two. Um, <laughs> True. The Christmas hymns actually, like, the types of Christmas hymns that we have provide space for both of those, right? So we have hymns about solitude and quietness, and, like, we have... Oh, holy night. We have, you know, this this picture of a quiet, simple night. We have silent night, right? We have in the bleak midwinter. And then we have songs like, um, Oh, come all ye faithful, hark the herald angel sings, joy to the world that are talking about, like connecting with people, sharing a message, and also songs about enjoying quiet moments with like with God, right? So like our hymns themselves, the Christmas hymns that we sing actually give us a picture of how we should be spending our time over this season. It's like we should have moments in solitude and prayer and and um, relaxation alone and also moments of of joy and jubilation um, experienced with other people. And uh, so if I didn't give you a theological 
reason why you should play hymns. There's a good one. There you go. They give us a template of how to spend our season. Well, and when you said that, you know, and Michael, I know you have another question, so I'll stop after this. But when you say that, like, I won't. it makes me think Christmas is supposed to be a time where you are selfless, yeah. right? But if you are, if you are working too hard or you are being lazy because you felt like you worked too hard. Yep, both of those uh, are selfish. Then those are both selfish. Yep. And then you're not spending time with other people and putting them first, you're putting yourself first. And so like in this season, it's a time, yes, to retreat a little bit, but it's the ability to retreat to put others first and to be able to serve others and bring others good cheer, mm. glad tidings. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, that's what I call my pecan pie. Is uh, you're just glad, glad tidings. tidings. You're writing. A, you're writing a lot of Christmas cards right now. Um, okay, so we've established that there is an ebb and flow to the way that a human being should behave and perform throughout the seasons of the year, and also that that same type of. Uh, shift needs to happen at the micro level, like throughout the week. Like you yep. can just be going one, you know, thing after another. Yep. Um, what are some things that you should do without ceasing? And so, for instance, um, I think that people praying. Think, yeah, that's it. All right, we can go <laughs> home. That was the low hanging fruit. Um, okay, so pe- people think of work as anything that they don't want to do. I think a lot of people think of it like that. Um, and oh, that makes sense. That means your work sucks. Sorry. Which well, sometimes I enjoy doing my work. Even though I complained necessary. to y'all about some things I was doing, yeah. I still enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So nobody Sorry, wants that to, was a quick take. My bad. Nobody wants to. Sometimes watch. it's a necessary evil, though. Yes. True. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> the things that The things that you don't want to do sometimes appear like work. And so when people hear this, oh, I need to take a break from work, Caleb and Kendall are telling me I need to take a, take a break from work. You should. Um, but there, aren't there some things that you should not stop doing? And what are those things? Like, let's think about those. Prayer is the low-hanging fruit. I would say also reading scripture is, is another yeah. one. I don't yeah. think that you should take a break from that. I don't think you need to take a break from that ever. I think yeah. you could just do that every day for the rest of your life until you're dead. And that would be an effective mode of being. So confession time. I have taken a break from reading or from like really focused prayer stuff just because I've been like, man... I work for the church. Like my whole day, I do this all is, the time. My whole day is spiritual. Like yeah. my whole day, I'm I in scripture. I'm in the Lord's house. All the time. Yeah, like there have been times, honestly, when I go on vacation that I'm like, nah, I just kind of forget about it. Yeah. And guess what? It sucks. Like it is not a good uh, a good thing to do. Yeah. Like I in going in, it's like, oh, this is gonna be fine. You know, like it'll be okay. Not a big deal. Three days in, you're like, why am I miserable and hate yes. everybody? Yeah, exactly. I'm on vacation. 100%. I should be happy. Honestly, I become lazier yeah. because like part of my routine is is reading and praying in the morning, whether it be for a few minutes or whether it be for yep. seven hours like Michael. Um, I do that, I work out, and then I'm ready for the day. Yep. And uh, Or I work out and then do that so my mind is ready and then I'm ready for the day. And when I don't do that on vacation, man, I feel lazy. I act lazy. Like I am irritable at all times. I take yep. a nap in the middle of the day. Like it is the, well, I like, that's not so bad. Well, but. yeah, except for when you do it every day and then like sleep in until 10. <laughs> I literally am like a cat. 
<laughs> which I hate cats, so you can imagine what I think of myself when I do these things. <laughs> he just he just, just lays in silent musing over potential Christmas cards. <laughs> he just moves around the house looking for spots of the sun through the window and just sits there in the fetal position. Hey, His kid's running around, Dad, will you play with me? Not today. <laughs> I just swat them like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so uh, prayer, scripture, it seems to be like there should be other things. Yes, I'm gathering. Yeah, okay, so I was just going to say that. And here's why. So Christmas is the best time. If you haven't been going to church regularly throughout the year, Christmas is the time to do it. And I'll tell you why. I have never once in my life, and I have never met anybody once in my life that went to a church function around Christmas time and felt worse after it than when they got there, right? Because we're singing songs of, like, everybody loves a good Christmas song unless you're Kendall and Wolpinos. Um, he also doesn't like Christmas <laughs> nice. songs. So what is it with worship pastors not liking Christmas it's music? It's worship pastors with tattoos and earrings don't like yeah, uh, yeah. hymns. That's what it is. Hip people, <laughs> which I am not. But, I mean, seriously, you sing joy to the world, hark the herald angels sing, oh, holy night, and you're like your heart is filled with joy, and that's not by accident, right? Like, that's the work of God in your life. You will not feel, I promise you, if you go to a church function, and, and this is one of my recommendations. If you're on break, especially for students, go to as many church things as you can over Christmas because you will be so, you will be shocked at how joyous you will be um, because of them. You, you get people, you know, preaching is generally about the coming of God and an exciting and full of love and joy. The Advent season, like, so Advent has four things that a lot of churches will generally talk about each week. It's the hope, love, peace, and joy. Um, and it's like, man, if that's your message, you will, I promise you, your heart will be filled with joy from mm -hmm. these things. Um, I've never felt bad going Christmas caroling with the church through a town afterwards. Like you are, you are on a euphoric high after those types of things. Yeah, you're standing out in the cold, but there's something about getting and going and serving a community and singing songs for other people. You will, I, I promise you, you will never feel as much joy as if you participate with other church people doing corny, churchy, Christmassy things. Um, I, you'll just be so blessed, I promise. So you should spend as, if the church is open for something, if they've got like a cantata, if they've got a musical performance, if they're going caroling, if they're baking Christmas cookies, I don't care what it is. If the church is open, you should go to it. And I promise you, you will be better because of Even that. if it's cheesy. Even if it's cheesy. Corny, the cheesier, because, the better. Well, because it's about the people at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I do not want to go watch some little kids perform the Christmas story for the 15th time and be terrible at it. Yeah. However... If I can go with other people and then make fun of those kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I will be so not joyful. Not to their faces, <laughs> Not to the their record. faces, of course, um, but then I will have so much fun and I will enjoy it. Yeah. For instance, uh, we had this Christmas party. Uh, we had mandatory Christmas cheer last Tuesday here at Summit <laughs> where we decorated and where we had to dress up and like uh, we had to play games and we had to eat cookies. And I guarantee and, you when you woke up Tuesday morning, you were like, I can't believe I have to do this stupid uh, stuff. Before Tuesday, I was telling Michael, I was like, I am not happy about this. He even texted me and was like, hey, do I have to be there? And I was like, well, it says mandatory. So yes. Fundatory. Um, so we, we show up and honestly, I was a Grinch and a Scrooge most of the morning, just didn't want to be here. But then we all got together and we played a game and it was fun. 
Like I actually had a good time to do that. And that's what Christmas does to yes. people. In fact, we have an entire novel that is one of the best world-selling novels ever produced written about that very experience. And the Muppets did a version of it. Even. Yeah, there's a new one on Netflix. Uh, my kids love it. Yeah, Scro yeah, it's just called Scrooge, and yeah. like it's actually freaking good. And when Ebenezer it. Scrooge went and did the Christmas things, he was filled with Christmas joy and became a better person uh, because yes. of it. God, we literally have a story about it. God yeah, bless our everyone. There's a there's an argument somewhere in there for the practice of ritual, even when you don't feel like it. And that's what, what I'm saying. And Christmas yeah, yeah. is the time to do it because it's the fun ritual stuff. Ritual so, is really just discipline packaged differently. Yeah. Well, but there well, are like boring, not fun rituals. There is boring, not fun discipline. And then there's Christmas rituals, <laughs> which are always just. I hate joy. working out sometimes, but it's still a discipline that you have to do. That yeah. is that is a good potential podcast. The uh, importance of liturgy and ritual. I know. I have like, lots of thoughts. <laughs> Kendall might I think not we've like done that one, one but, already. Um, we've literally no, already done one on tradition. You just feel like we've done one. No, but... we have. We've done one on tradition. We don't need to do that again. <laughs> um, okay. This is the last thing. I, I we'll, think that proves our point. We'll, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up on this last point this last question it's it's the same question about things that you should do without ceasing i just want to know if we if one of those things or two of those things are being careful in your speech and being careful to walk in wisdom let's say yeah so yes and yes i, I so I actually i'm glad you brought this up because there's a, another kind of thing you should be doing that actually lends itself to your questions um, especially if you've been, so if you're listening to this, it's probably because you've gone to United at least a handful of times over the semester, which hopefully also means that you have heard the gospel on a handful of occasions that you hopefully have grown in your faith, um, because you showed up, um, not because we do anything special, but because you had moments to be with God and God naturally transforms people when you encounter him. Um, one of the things that every person should be doing is over the breaks, um, you go back home, you go back with your family, you should be sharing the things that you have learned that you have grown in with those who are around you, right? Um, that should be a normal part of everybody's Christmas break, um, whether you're working or on vacation, whatever it is. It's like, hopefully you have grown over this past semester. And if you've been to United, hopefully that has been in a spiritual aspect as well. Um, that sounds like, I don't know, that sounded weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> in my mind, that sounded weird. You've Hopefully, grown two inches. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> your, your heart has grown two sizes. <laughs> <laughs> right, hopefully you've grown in uh, spiritually over the last semester. You should want to, as part of growing, it's like there also hopefully is the desire to share what you've grown in, right? So one of the things you should be doing over the semester is sharing your faith, right? That should be something, show, you know, with people who might be interested, family, whether they're Christians or not, you should share the ways in which you have learned and grown over the semester. That's kind of why you're here at college. And people want reports on that over breaks, right? Um, I, I was reading this past week, though, I do a Bible study with some college students, and I, we were going through Mark, and Mark and Luke tell the same story, uh, a little bit differently, but the same story of where Jesus goes home um, and preaches and how people want to throw him off the cliff. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I want to say, like, when you go home, and share your faith, and you should, because you should share the things that you have learned over the semester with others. Um, be cautious and be wise about how you do that, because sometimes family and friends are the people least wanting to hear the ways in which you've grown um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. 
Um, so you need to be wise in how you do that. I, hopefully no one tries to throw you off a cliff like they did Jesus. But that's, I mean, that's interesting. Like Jesus's cousins, <laughs> uncles, family members, good friends growing up, try to throw him off a cliff, right? When he presented the good news, right? And so be wary of it and be wise in the ways in which you do that. Be be kind and gentle with your words, but you should go about sharing your faith and remember that it doesn't always get received well, yeah. but when it doesn't yeah. get received well, also know that you're literally walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Just when... bring a parachute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I would there say uh, wisdom wise would be on the, as you are gathering and as you're wanting to gather, there is going to be inevitably parties back home that you can gather with your friends yeah. <clears throat> from other universities or that have been gone. Um, and you need to use wisdom in <laughs> your consumption and your participation in right. such parties. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying don't careful. go to them. Yeah. I'm saying Because like, what an opportunity to share the things that you've been doing. Well, yeah, possibly. Or if you are highly tempted to uh, you know, be an alcoholic for eight hours, then don't don't do like don't go to that party or yeah. don't you know that's that's using the wisdom it's not like oh well they said to gather with my friends so i'm going to go over here and do this even though i have a proclivity to drink right. way too drink much drink the like, non alcoholic eggnog <laughs> yeah like that's a bad idea and i mean even for me like i have to be careful uh going back you know with my even with my friends and with my family like that was yeah. something i know that um in my mid 20s like when i had time off if i was hanging out with friends from college or from high school I was probably going to do stupid stuff. And this was even when I was married and was already in, like already had a career. Yeah. I would still do stupid things because I was in my mid twenties as a dude and was hanging out with friends that were also in their mid twenties as a dude. And we were going and doing stupid things. And it's because like, oh, we haven't seen each other in forever. Let's hang out and let's get wild. And do let's, the things you know. we used to do. Yeah, and exactly. So like, there's going to be the opportunity for that, like inevitably. Maybe not for 100% of people, but for 99% of people. There's going to be yeah. that opportunity. And you you need to use wisdom in the fact of, like if you have grown, um, if you've at least heard some of the things that we've talked about. Right, you should act uh, accordingly. Then yeah, then like be wise about who you're going to be around and what you're going to be doing when you're doing those things or when you're hanging out with those people. Yeah, there's always temptation to take a break from wisdom as you're taking a break from all the other things that you normally yeah. try mm -hmm. to do. And that's, yeah, we don't want to. Like you don't want to turn your. take breaks from wisdom all the time. <laughs> you don't want to turn your brain. The The biggest issue, I think this can put a, a bow on this, uh, on this Christmas present here, is mm. you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Wrap that up. Um, so honestly, what we're, we're talking about here is like, be wise in all the things that you're doing and do not just turn yourself off completely. Yeah, yeah. Like don't just turn your brain off and be like, oh, well I get three weeks off or four weeks off or whatever. So yeah. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and just chill and like not really be intentional about anything and just turn my brain off and oh, we'll just see what happens. Like eat some bread and get all fat and sassy. Yeah. If you, if you see what happens, if you're just waiting around to see what happens every day, you're going to find yourself in like, in some sort of trouble, whether yeah. that be emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, like it's not going to work all out of well the for above. you. All yeah. of the above. There's no growth that's happening. All right. Yeah. 
That's uh, yeah, that is a really good uh, bow on the Christmas present. Where can they find us, people who are coming back for next semester? What are, uh, where are we going to be? When do we know that yet? Shoot, uh, <laughs> we're going to be back at we'll some be in point. Indiana. In, yeah, I know we'll be in Indiana. We will this be is the number one podcast for young adults. <laughs> the number in one. Uh, we will be uh, still on campus at IUP in Woo. the Ohio room for next semester, um, and I believe our first week back is the last Tuesday of January. Yeah. Um, but we will we will record before that, so we'll know. Yeah, we'll let you know in check future out, podcasts. Check out at, your... IUP, or at United IUP, and uh, we'll let you know. Yeah. All right. Kendall, Caleb, thanks, guys. We'll see everyone in the next episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Uloft Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m., this is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.